Welcome to The Weekly Word, a 52-week journey through the Bible. My name is Matt Lidikanen, and with me is Steve Lampy, and we are both Christian pastors currently serving at Messiah Church in Midland, Michigan, and we're excited to be journeying with you through the Bible. Every week, we'll be taking a big-picture view of the scripture you'll be reading, point out some points of interest along the way, and together gain a better vision of the God who loves us. This podcast follows along with the daily readings found in the one-year chronological Bible reading plan and resources from Tyndale House Publishers. All right, we are in week five, and we're going to be with Job yet, and then we're going to step into Exodus and visit with Moses and the Israelites. We're going to kind of... shift back into the storytelling gear and figure out what's going on with the Israelites, our friends down in Goshen. But, um, you know, right now we are still in Job, and uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording, and we have uh, we have a big turn in the book of Job mm-hmm. where all the friends stop talking, all of mm-hmm. Job stops talking, and God starts talking, and we get sort of the conclusion of the book yeah. of Job. Um, so just to kind of recap, refresh, we have uh, all of Job's friends. Job has suffered a tremendous loss, tremendous pain, tremendous suffering, something that we probably cannot even begin to fathom. And then his friends are kind of going back and forth with him, and he's mm-hmm. saying, I have done nothing wrong. This is not just. This isn't fair. I don't understand why God is doing this. And see, so he's kind of like, I want an audience. I want to talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so he's kind of being a Karen a little bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which, which for our uh, oh, uh, for our listeners, that's uh, someone who yeah. complains a lot, um, <laughs> and makes a big deal out of things. So, um, so Job is uh, saying, "I need to have an audience with God," and and Job's mm-hmm. friends are trying to persuade him, "No, no, no! This is something that you did. You deserve this. You mm-hmm. clearly have done some sort of great sin that God would inflict this kind of suffering on you." So they go back mm-hmm. and forth, and then God jumps in. Um, and he says, yeah, I'll, I'll oblige you with an audience, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So chapter 38, I'll just read it. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Mm-hmm. Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Or what were its footings set? Or what... Laid its, or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. So, mm-hmm. and he's, he goes on, just describes a very poetic, like, overview of creation. So, yeah. you know, thoughts, commentary. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think it's interesting how the first thing that, that, that God doesn't do is come and answer all of Job's questions or all of his friends, right? Yeah. He, he, he comes and he speaks about himself, pretty much. Mm-hmm. He, he questions Job at a level that's almost unfathomable. Like, yeah. yeah, can you hold Pleiades in your hand? Like, can you bring it out at night? Can you, and that's a, like yeah. a constellation, right? Like, right? like you can just form it and speak it and it's there. And he asked these massively, like, these huge questions of, of Job and, and his wisdom and his power versus Job's tiny smallness um, mm-hmm. that, that he's going through here on earth that we find so often that within our suffering, like Job went through and we can see that it was terrible in our perspective, but at the same time, within the conversations that he was having with his friends, God meets him in this, like, who, who are you to question what I, what, what, what the way in which I, way in which I would work, the mm-hmm. way in which, the way in which I would, I would, um, 
allow these things to happen, the way in which I'm sovereign over all things, uh, the, what, the things that you don't understand, why would you even understand those things? Those are, those are, those are things that I only understand mm-hmm. well, and, and trying to come up with answers for them with his friends. And I think that's oftentimes what we do too. And yeah. is like, we try to, we try to understand the mind of God within our suffering. We try to understand the, the reasons why, the reasons how, the reasons, well, what's the timing for this? And why would this happen to me at this time? And why would this happen to this person? Mm-hmm. They're such a good person, like, like Job uh, scripturally was. Um, and we try to get tap into the mind of God. And it's just, it's one of those humbling reminders when, when, jo- when God comes to Job and he almost says, don't bother, stop trying. You're not me. You're not God. You don't mm-hmm. understand my mind. He says that throughout Scripture too. Is that you yeah. do not have my mind. You do not have the mind of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the I think the amazing grace within all this is that Job actually or God actually did answer Job. That he That's actually showed point. up yeah. to come and speak to him and meet him. He didn't have to, but yeah, he no, still he did. could have stayed aloof and just yep camp without in he heaven. Still did. Absolutely. Yeah. What are your thoughts on all that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, everything you're saying is true. I've, I've often thought. Um, I, th- I think some people. When we go through really hard seasons, it's it's only natural. I mean, oh, we just want to know why is this happening, what's going on, yeah. and I think it makes sense that we would want to know. Yeah. Um, but I think we deceive ourselves by con- we convince ourselves that if only I had an explanation, mm. if only I knew why, yeah, then it would then everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. No, it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like God could. I feel like let's just assume God did that. Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying, like his his my my ways are above your ways, and my mm-hmm. thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I think if God were to say like, okay, I'll explain everything to you, mm-hmm. and he he would you know here's why I did this, or this is why this mm-hmm. happened to you, and we'd be like, okay, um, thank you. <laughs> Stop. Um, I only understood like <laughs> one and a half percent of what yeah. you just said to me. Yeah, I think that's probably what what our yeah. response would be because even if we if he could explain it, and we would just be like, I don't understand how those things connect. How does yeah. that impact? Yeah. I mean, it's like the. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure that whatever we go through is something kind of like the butterfly effect. It's like yeah. you know, a butterfly flaps its wings, and you know, the prehistoric era, and that like sets off this trip, this ripple effect mm-hmm. of things. Um, and we could never even begin to yeah. fathom how they all fit together. And yeah. God's the one who can fit that all together. I think Paul puts it really well. And I think it's Romans 11 when he talks about how, um, he's ta- I believe he's talking about how uh, the Gentiles would be saved yeah. through the rejection of the Jews. And he has this whole explanation of of being brought into um the being brought into being olive branches and being grafted into yeah. the tree that the Gentiles are grafted in while some are cut off while the Jews are cut off so that there can be some and grafted in. And then uh, after all of this explanation, he says, who can trace the paths of God? Who can know his infinite wisdom? And mm-hmm. even Paul is expressing, you will never understand fully the design of God's plan for the salvation of the world. No, no matter how hard you try. And mm-hmm. all we know is that he's did it through Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's why Paul, Paul, would, Paul would always say, like, all I know is Christ crucified. Like, that's it. Like, in the end, that's the most important thing to, to understand as a believer and to preach within the world is that Christ came to die for our sins. Well, how did, well, how did that all happen from Genesis 3 to the culmination of his return in Revelation? Like, there's so many things, even reading the Bible, oh, yeah. that, were, that, are, that are left unspoken and unsaid that we will never mm-hmm. understand the mind of God. And I think that's one of the things where Job legitimately, in a human way, 
struggled with is yeah. I don't understand the mind of God. His friends, we don't fully understand the mind. We can assume that this is something you've done and this is probably just a punishment for your sin or whatever it may be. But he never he never he never um confronts those questions that him or his friend has. He just says, Who are you? Um mm-hmm. do you not understand that I am God, you are human. And I think in Micah, maybe in Micah, Mike even says that. Um when you come before in a, in a sense of when you come before God, um to to um to I don't know if it's come be, to become quietly because I am God in heaven and you are on earth or who are we yeah. that you, I am God in heaven and you are on earth yeah similar ideas mass, in Ecclesiastes gap. it's like yeah. when you you know let your words be few let your words be few you know? there you go yeah exact same thing um, so yeah it and and uh, that's the main point of this whole thing I mean people might be like what's what's going on like I mean that, and I've heard that from a number of uh, our friends reading scripture with us it's like. Um, I'm reading through this. I'm, I'm, it's, it's kind of a slog, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know what exactly is happening necessarily, um, or who some of these people are and mm-hmm. we can get bogged down by those sort of things. So you're kind of reading through this, for instance, it's like, okay, here's something about a donkey and here's mm-hmm. something about an ostrich and mm-hmm. behemoth and like the mm-hmm. Leviathan, like what are these creatures like the, yeah. and a very poetic, very like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole sweep over creation and God's yeah. just like, or do you understand how these things work? Have you seen where mm-hmm. this animal lives? Like, do you know their nesting habits? Like, and he's just like, <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't personally know the nesting habits of the ostrich, uh, but uh, yeah. you very much know. You're oh, very intimately acquainted. The smallest yeah. of things that you would never right. think about, like, oh, the this is how the sparrow builds a nest. God is so intimately acquainted with how that happens to the finest degree. And, right. and we would say it gets twigs and puts them together, but there's probably so much more that we don't understand <laughs> yeah, that's going straw on. Straw here, yeah, maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you think about this. I mean, watch Planet Earth, right, or any yeah. nature documentary, and you're just like bamboozled by how broad and vast all of creation mm-hmm. is. And God is just like, I understand everything. Mm. This all fits together for me. Mm-hmm. How do you, you can't even begin to touch mm-hmm. that level of comprehension and wisdom, and you're coming against me. Yeah, coming against me, mm-hmm. and it really is this where Job leans into the sovereignty, mm-hmm. leans into the sovereignty aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for for some that this is not really satisfying. Mm-hmm. As uh, I, and that's the and then we were talking about this as well. It's like we um, this is an important aspect of the wisdom of God mm-hmm. when it comes to suffering. God's big; we can't understand it. We can't begin to understand it. You just got to trust. Yeah, and that's um, faith. And it's in faith, yeah. yeah. We have to, in faith, believe God is still good. Mm-hmm. He's still holy. He is still just. He's mm-hmm. still all the things that Scripture tells us that he is, yeah. um, even when we can't see it, even when we can't understand it, even when we can't wrap our heads around it. Mm-hmm. He is still all of those things. And so it's when we, when all of those things are there, um, there is a gospel note to that where God is great, Therefore, I don't have to be in control. Mm-hmm. I can't be in control. I could never begin to be in control. And so thank you that you are, mm-hmm. even in the midst of my circumstance. Yeah. Um, but there does there leaves room for Christ, mm-hmm. right? So this is not the only word the Bible speaks about suffering, mm-hmm. although it is quite a long word. Yeah. Um, it's not the only thing it does mm-hmm. talk about, right? Yeah. Yep. And I think so. <clears throat> so you do. And I, we've and we've talked about this before, too, that if you if you read just... If you if you've never read the Bible before and you read a section of it, you're going to get a part of the picture painted, and I think that's the beauty of understanding the fullness of 
the entire word of God and how it all flows together beautifully. And I, and that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that we're going through it as a, as a faith family as well, is that I think we're all going to grow so much in seeing the connections made that we never knew were there as we read all the reasons why that we've never thought about or the questions we never thought about or the answers we never really connected pieces to because it all flows together from creation, fall, to, to the cross, to the resurrection, to the, re- the return of Christ and the... the, the the um, new new kingdom, the new heaven, new earth, we all, where mm-hmm. we all dwell with God once again. Um, but even even Paul, uh, when he is like commissioning Timothy, like to go preach in the letters that he wrote to Timothy, he says, um, uh, "Be faithful to the doctrine, to sound scripture, and to preach the full gospel." Because mm-hmm. what people will also um, do, even with the gospel of Christ, is they'll take pieces that they want of it. Mm-hmm. And then they'll remove the pieces that they don't like of it, which you immediately is not the gospel now. So now it's right. something that's similar, but it's not the gospel. Mm-hmm. So some people love the gospel without repentance, mm-hmm. right? So cheap grace. Yeah, absolutely cheap grace. So I don't need to repent. God's love. He's loving everybody. There's no need for like godly sorrow, repentance, or a desire to turn from your sin and turn away from sin. Um, mm-hmm. because God is love and what loving God would ever want to punish a creation that, that if he's love, mm-hmm. he won't do it. What, like, yeah, there we go. And that's the lack of trust. It's like, you yes. can't, it's the, it's about embracing the tension. Yeah. And I think not, we're, we're not good at doing that when mm-hmm. it comes to God. I think we do have a really hard time with embracing yeah. the tension. It's like, how could God be good and mm-hmm. let this happen all at the same time? How yeah. could he be loving and let all this happen at the same time? And yep. I mean, you see it perfectly in the cross. It's perfectly, I mean, mm-hmm. I think... There's a good reason <laughs> that a cross beam is in the shape of a T. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a complete contradiction, a complete intersection of God is good, mm-hmm. and Jesus, the Son of God, is being crucified. Yep, God is good. He's God is loving, mm-hmm. and you know wrath is being poured out. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's both. It, it's yeah. absolutely both at the same time, and we just have to take it in faith. You know, yep. and. Uh, my ways are higher than your ways. So you got to default to that. Hundred percent. I think. I mean, I think like some of the, even like like the phrases even that Christ teaches that people you know wish he would never have said is like you don't don't fear the one that can, um, you know, th- that can kill your body, but fear the one that can kill your body and destroy your soul in hell. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the things that like the Jesus said those things, and so we want to be yes. like, oh, but, but Jesus was not like that, you know. We're like, no, he's actually the judge. <laughs> like yeah, he is very yeah, he much is the one who will going come back to at judge some point the heavens to con- and the earth. Yeah, yeah. So, but with the suffering piece, like in Christ, we do we get the other, we get the side of that suffering throughout the New Testament and even the teachings of Christ to where actually suffering, like look at the Beatitudes, right? Persecution mm-hmm. and that type of suffering, be blessed because yours is the kingdom of heaven. You're the children of God. Um, the mm-hmm. things that are difficult mark you as His. Like to suffer through within this world teaches us to look to him. And I think those are the teachings that Paul continues to have throughout the New Testament writings and his epistles to the churches is like rejoice in your suffering, take delight in your suffering. Um, you know, these are the things that grow our, 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 our character. They increase our hope. And Peter even says the same thing too, as well in his letters to the church before he dies. Um, he talks about the, the, the joy that there is in suffering and that it actually there's this marking of of ourselves as his when we suffer for his name, but at the same time, an awesome maturity and faith that happens through those trials. So, mm-hmm. and those trials can come in many different ways for mm-hmm. everyone. We're not, we're not simply um, called to suffer for the cross, 
sometimes those sufferings can be emotional. Sometimes those yeah, sufferings can be, be physical. Some, whatever's going on um, in life. But they're meant to now point us to our faith in Christ and to trust his sovereignty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and in Christ we have the other side. You know, we, we always have sovereignty, mm-hmm. but in Christ we have sovereignty and yeah. his presence, his yeah. consistent presence that never will I leave you or, or forsake, forsake you. Forsake you. Um, I have given you my Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right, the personal presence of God who mm-hmm. lives and dwells within each and every Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, love, love himself mm-hmm. is with us. And in Jesus, we have one who has is still man. He's still maintained his human body and is mm-hmm. ascended and sitting at the right hand of God mm-hmm. with the scar marks in his hands. Yeah. So we have a God who doesn't isn't just powerful and uh, with full authority over the heavens and the earth, Although he has that, but we also mm-hmm. have a God who says, I'm going to humble myself, lower myself, mm-hmm. and enter into the suffering that yep. you have also experienced. Enter into death mm-hmm. so that I can say, hey, when they, I mean, I, I've said this in my preaching. I've said it to friends. It's like God is the, the Christian God is the only God who can look you square in the eyes and say, hey, I get what you're going through. Yeah. Yep. And that's so comforting. Yep. Um, I think the cross is, it doesn't like take away the pain. It's like, oh, no, I feel totally better. But mm-hmm. there is, it's a good word. And oh, it speaks yeah. like great comfort because there's a God who cares, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. Um, and you see a little bit of that God, that God would humble himself mm-hmm. in Job, that he would enter in and out of the whirlwind, speak mm-hmm. speak to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our listeners might be interested in a little bit of kind of Bible trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, we have in Job chapter 40 and then into 41, these two creatures, and they're sort of like mm-hmm. stand-ins, if you will, for like all of the mighty earth creatures and the mighty sea creatures. So we have behemoth mm-hmm. and leviathan. And mm-hmm. behemoth, I mean, it sounds like a freaking dinosaur. Um, I don't know <laughs> what it is. It's got a t- uh, it's got a tail like a tree. And some, there's some I remember reading yeah. um, the footnotes. It's like, it might be a hippopotamus. I'm like, <laughs> I know. I, there's no way this is a hippopotamus. <laughs> the, little, the little hippo's tail. It's, That's yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, it says in verse 17, its tail sways like a cedar. Have you seen a hippo tail? Uh, it is not swaying like a cedar. It, it sways like, um, a, I don't know. Sure, it has big bones, bones of tubes of bronze, limbs like rods of iron. Um, he's like he he hangs out in the river. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever this creature is, it's huge. Yeah, it's um, and the main point is that can any God asks, can anyone capture it by the eyes or trap it and pierce its nose? Kind of like you know, I've I've conquered the beast, and mm-hmm. he's like, no one can do this because it's so terrifying. Yeah. And then we have Leviathan as mm-hmm. like this uh, another creature, um, basically a. a like a water dragon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like a water dragon. Yeah. Um, he's breathing fire and smoke. It's, and yeah, he's covered it's wild. In, it's in wild, impenetrable skin. And, um, yeah. It sounds like, you know, how they would describe dragons in the Middle Ages. It's, it's verse mm-hmm. 15 of chapter 41. Its back has rows of shields tightly sealed together. Each is so close to the next that no air can pass between. Mm-hmm. They are joined fast to one another. They cling together and cannot be parted. Its snorting throws out flashes of light. Its rays, its eyes are like the rays of dawn. Flames stream from its mouth. Sparks of fire shoot out. So, I mean, what <laughs> what are these creatures? Are these real? Yeah, well, I think those are, that, that's the thing is like, okay, there, there's absolutely a certainty. There's a certainty that th- certainly these can be real. These could be real for sure, 100%. Like, I mean, if this is something that, that God is um, using to explain to Job, I think one of the hard things is be, is we, we're so far from this moment. And I know we talked about this too. It's like, what exactly is, is God, is God, explaining like we don't understand the the explanation of this animal but if you think too like thinking like thinking like 2000 years from now someone trying to like 
explain an extinct animal that's been gone for, you know, 1500 years it, without any type of able, ability to record that animal. Like they didn't have the ability to mm-hmm. say, hey, here's what it does and here's how it lives. I mean, they might have drew a picture of it, but here we have videos, you know, you can throw a video up of, of these things and look back. But back then we didn't have the, the record of these things. But I mean, and it would, it would, for my own mind, it would be incredible to see those animals, yeah. you know, if they were like what it, it, living in the rivers and breathing fire and, and, and smoke coming from their nostrils. And so, like I mean, said, I like would, a water drag, like it's a, I like, like probably a would, you know, die of fright just I mean, seeing yeah. it. Yeah. From a distance would be best. <laughs> from a distance. Yeah. It's like in a zoo, prefer, preferably. Like between, like, Caged in a It's like in Jurassic a Park, you know? Oh <laughs> like, man. So Yikes. is it a dinosaur? <laughs> oh, are these knows. some sort of like ancient actual creatures that lived? Yeah. Maybe, you yeah. know, chalk it up to a maybe. Yeah. Uh, or could they be mythological, um, kind of in the Hebrew imagination? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's also a maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's go there. The main point, though, is not. I mean, don't, we shouldn't get hung up on this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I would encourage our, our friends listening, as well. Don't get hung up on what is this describing? What actually is this? And you know, I'm going to look for. Here's my proof text mm-hmm. to say dinosaurs. You know, I know the brontosaurus lived. Um, mm-hmm. You can't really say that with this text definitively. It's just kind of, you could take it in faith. It's kind of more data, but it's not mm-hmm. like conclusive, right? So the main point in the text, in the story, this yeah. is a poem. Remember, this is a, the book of Job is poetry. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that this is poetry, we have a um, two really massive creatures. Mm-hmm. And who can tame them? Who can tame them? God can. Yeah, that's Again, the point. it's pointing to God's sovereignty and his greatness yep. over all creation. Yeah, to... to, to 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 try to make the argument for the animal is you're missing the you're yeah. missing, missing you're missing the, the greater point of what God is trying yeah. to missing point the himself. forest yeah. for the trees yeah where yep. so yeah so then the book of Job's rounds out um, God sort of rebukes the friends mm-hmm. uh, for not speaking accurately of mm-hmm. God so they got they got it wrong mm-hmm. it's not as cut and dry as they thought it was. Yeah. Uh, God's justice. Imagine that. And imagine the, the that. human yeah, beings got it wrong. Figure it out. They did <laughs> yeah. not figure God out. Um, yeah. And so then God says, "My servant Job will pray for you mm-hmm. and make sacrifice, and you will be forgiven." And see, so he, he does that, and then mm-hmm. Job's fortunes are restored, and he yeah. dies an uh, old man, fully years, with lots of beautiful daughters and sons, and yep. lots of lots of sheep. Yeah, and, and lambs, I think the, donkeys. All and sorts I think of the things. cool thing, like that, we can tie into even with like the character of God within that, is that even in Job, God was still with him. Like He was still with him oh, yeah. at the end. There, Absolutely. He blessed him at the end. He was still with him. And we look in the New Testament, he talk about Christ saying, "I'm always going to be with you." Well, it's not like God's absent from Job's life. Actually, he was he was interacting with Job very evidently. Mm-hmm. Um, personally at the end, but even throughout that, it's not as if God was absent in his suffering. Um, he had heard every word that was spoken from his mouth, his friend's mouth, and yet he still, in his uh, mercy, met Job in the end, blessed him in the end, just mm-hmm. as Christ, yeah. through our doubt, through our struggle, through our suffering, is with us um, and continues to bless us even through it. So, yeah, it's it's. I love how God how God never he he never changes. His character is always the same. He's not going to mm-hmm. be. The God of the Old Testament and then the God of the New Testament. No. He yeah, is just consistent. God continually. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like we said, we're getting back into the storyline. So we have Genesis through now the Israelites have settled down in Goshen and mm-hmm. um, Joseph is, he's gone now. They've been there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says in Exodus chapter one, we're getting into the book of Exodus, um, out of a Pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph, wasn't aware. Yeah. 
Um, and so they mm-hmm. uh, get a little bugged out because the Israelites are getting to be pretty numerous, mm-hmm. and they start, so their kind of uh, defensive maneuver is, let's enslave them, uh, make them work really hard, and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. So they enslave the Israelites. Um, they say, you know, the text describes that the uh, a couple cities are built because of that. Um, you know, verse 11 of chapter 1, Python and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh, um, and so they I mean they were dealt with ruthlessly, and mm-hmm. the Pharaoh is still as bugged out that these Egyptian these, these Israelites are continuing to reproduce so rapidly. And so mm. uh, the command is given that if any boy is born, that yeah. they should be thrown into the Nile River, mm-hmm. beat him to the crocodiles. And one family in particular says, uh, "We're not going to do that." Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's these two Egyptian mid or these. Uh, Hebrew midwives, they're like mm-hmm. heroes of the faith, like just mentioned very briefly, <laughs> verse 15, um, yeah. Shifra and Pua, and they're helping the Hebrew women during childbirth, um, and they were told, you know, if it's a boy, kill him, if he's if it's a girl, let her live, and yeah. they're like, we're just gonna not obey that at all, yeah. and she, they say, sla- like kind of slam the Egyptian women, they're like, these Hebrew women, they're nothing like the Egyptian women, they just, before we even get there, they've given birth. They've, <laughs> I know, that's such a weird phrase. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's great. They're so just, vigorous. Yeah, just <laughs> rock and roll. Yep. Um, so Moses comes, he's born, and um, the mo- uh, his mom hides him for mm-hmm. three months, and then the whole, I mean, this is the great Prince of Egypt scene, you know, the putting mm-hmm. him in the, the pitch boat, you know, a little basket with mm-hmm. covered with pitch and send him down the river to see what happens. His sister follows and Miriam follows. And then, um, ironically, the very Pharaoh that t- commanded Let's his talk death, about God's sovereignty. his, his daughter, <laughs> yeah. the Pharaoh's daughter finds yeah. him and adopts him essentially. It's almost like, you ever think like, like, like we would think, we would think, I mean, what are the chances, you know? I mean, I mean this is, this, this has to be like just a story, right? What are the chances of happening? But you, but when, then we understand like as believers, like, like for the, at the plan of Pharaoh, like the, the, God scoffs at the plans of man. Like he's not going to be able to stop God's plan right. of salvation and restoration and forgiveness mm-hmm. for the world. Mm-hmm. And it's this is like a big part of where it begins, right? So mm-hmm. you have the command to to take all these firstborn, um, first firstborn uh, males of the the, the, the Hebrew people mm-hmm. um, from Pharaoh, and who is the who is the who is the one lady? That that takes this baby that sees this this boy, and takes him and raises him as his own Moses, is the Pharaoh's daughter. So immediately, yeah. what was lost from Joseph, the favor, is now somehow placed back and restored with the little boy Moses. Um, so it's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, he didn't know, but it doesn't matter because God's still going to navigate his will and his plan through these things. And that's the kind of stuff when you read these stories, those little details, like those two women, two women, it took two women mm-hmm. to that God um, worked in and through somehow. We don't know exactly the conversations they had or how long they plotted to do this or whatever that looked like. But these two faithful women that said, take the baby, put him in the Nile. Um, we're going to warn the mom. And then eventually you, who nurses this, Boy, Moses is his mom. His mom. Yeah, yeah. His mom. <laughs> I mean, mom hides, ever, hides the baby. Who could yeah. ever paint that? Yeah, like, the, the, the midwives are working together. They're in yeah. cahoots. They're yeah. they got to figure it out. It's yeah. just so really cool. They feared God. They didn't want to um, yeah. kill their own child. Understandably, yeah. Understandably of course, right? Yep. So Moses grows up. He's in the Pharaoh's household. He's 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 a man of the palace, mm-hmm. and I think it 
know, I, I love the movie The Prince of Egypt mm-hmm. um, from DreamWorks. It's great. But mm-hmm. I mean, in that movie, it's sort of painted that like he kind of, I didn't really, I'm adopted. You know what? Mm-hmm. I, doesn't, I didn't realize that he's truly a Hebrew. There's nothing in the text that really indicates yeah. that he had no clue that he was a Hebrew. Mm-hmm. It, thinks, it seems that he probably knew um, the whole time mm-hmm. that he was Hebrew. Yeah. Um, but he was in the Pharaoh's household nonetheless. And one day he sa- it says he goes out and he wants to kind of see the state of affairs mm-hmm. um, as, as they're happening. And he comes upon a slave driver who's mistreating a Hebrew slave. Mm-hmm. And it says he looks this way, he looks that way. And then he just goes and strikes him, strikes him down. So yeah. murders the dude. Yeah. So we got to remember that. It's a pretty key part of the story of Moses <laughs> that he murders somebody. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, with cause, but it's like, you know, third degree murder, I guess, yeah. <laughs> second degree, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, he, then he flees. He gets, he's kind of found out because two slaves are fighting the next day. They're like, Who, are you going to kill us? Like you killed the mm-hmm. Egyptian the other day. He's and like, they, like oh, they crud. Him, oh, I'm <laughs> out of here. I'm out. <laughs> they know. And so he has to yeah. flee and he's in the desert. He, you know, kind of makes a new life mm-hmm. and settles down in Midian mm-hmm. and uh, Jethro, his father-in-law. <laughs> I love um, that name, Jethro. And it's one of my favorites. Kind of, he gets married, has has kids, and yeah, has a and one day starts his own family. Yeah. He's, he's like checked out, like chapter one. Yeah, he closed eighty two years open. old. Eighty years old. He's like, ready to finish it out. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, let's he, finish this life strong in Midian. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like I'll be a shepherd. This is good, man. I'll I'll carry on out here. This is fine. Yeah. And God said, "No, I'm. I really care about my people, Israel." And says in the mm-hmm. last part of the story of you know chapter two. Um, the Israelites groaned in their slavery and they cried out and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. Mm-hmm. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Mm-hmm. He remembered his covenant. Yep. It's not that he forgot. No. This is all in his plan. He's acting on the covenant mm-hmm. now. Just like he promised to Abraham um, in Genesis that uh, his descendants would be enslaved in, mm-hmm. uh, in the nation for 400 years. So this is, it's all kind of wrapping up that mm-hmm. 400 year period. Yep. Um, and so Moses is then approached in the burning bush and um, he's called. And I love the call of Moses because he's just like, I can't. Oh, yeah. He just <laughs> comes out with this. all the excuses. It? But I think it's so like, you can relate so well to the humanity of, of so many of the people that God called because the exact same excuses that he would come up with for himself as to why he can't he's not the one that God really wants. Like, there's no way you're me. Like I stutter, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I have this issue. I have that issue. Um, just, and then God keeps saying, no, I'm going to be with you. Like, I'll give you the words to speak, but he still is like, it's not me. Like it, I'm not the one. And he's right. fighting, he's fighting um, the, and he's fighting the call that God has or fighting just like the command that God has for his life or just the, 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 the direction that God has for his life. And he's, he's, and he's, but he keeps looking at himself, his own, his own failures, his own faults, his own, mm-hmm. his own weaknesses. Right. Right. And, and I think we have the tendency to do the same thing that he did too. Like, if you know, like, you know, this is the direction I feel God called me. It's a little scary. You know, I don't really know what I'm doing. I've yeah. never done this before. It's a land that I'm not, you know, like for Moses, the land that did not want me and I don't want to be there. And, and I'm not going back there. They're like, you know, it's, I've, I'm kind of moved on in the unknown, and that's kind of our life in following God at times too. Is to walk into the unknown, to mm-hmm. be a little afraid, because when you're afraid, then you you have dependency, you have to have faith within that. So it's not easy though, and I can understand mm-hmm. him 100. So yeah, and we don't even get a burning bush. He got a burning bush, which you know we would think 
that would help me. But yeah. but I don't yeah, think you it had would. a direct conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 you talked with a man himself. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, he throws up all sorts of excuses. Yeah, and God eventually says, "You're going." Yeah, <laughs> get in the car. You know, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Come on, buckle up. So yeah. he and he goes. He takes his wife Zipporah mm-hmm. and his son, and they go and they go back to Egypt and um, goes to the the elders. And the elders are really encouraged by the fact that God had sent him. He kind of mm-hmm. God had prescribed these signs that he should do to persuade them, and they're all persuaded. And they are like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that God mm-hmm. is really going to do this thing." Um, gets a little sour in the beginning because you know they're throwing uh, some giving Pharaoh trouble. And mm-hmm. Pharaoh says, all right, you can make straw without bricks. You make bricks without straw then. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to work, you're going to mm-hmm. complain. So, I mean, the picture you get of the of the Pharaoh in this, and this is a new Pharaoh since mm-hmm. Moses died, since Moses left, yep. um, that Pharaoh died and now a new Pharaoh is in power. But he's mm-hmm. just as bad, mm-hmm. um, if not worse. So this is wicked, mm-hmm. wicked dude, really hard heart. And I think mm-hmm. that's the thing that you should really pick up on. And we'll have to wrap up here in a minute, yeah. though. But I mean, as you read this story, it's this is a hard-hearted man. I mean, we have, uh, you know, I, my mind just went to our our war is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities. And mm-hmm. I mean, there is a, I believe you, you could see there's demonic activity here. Yep. I mean, but empowering and, yep. and kind of standing here, yep. and that's all all the things that happen, all the plagues. Mm-hmm. Um, they there are connections to the Egyptian gods mm-hmm. and the false the false gods and the false powers and principalities that there be um, that it, Egypt has thrived because mm-hmm. of. Um, so God is just bringing judgment on mm-hmm. the Egyptian people. They've, they've been enslaving this group of people, and he says, enough's enough. Mm-hmm. It's done. And Pharaoh just won't have it. No. And so that yeah. it really will culminate. And that's where we'll pick up the story next week cool. um, with all the plagues. So enjoy yeah. reading about plagues and frogs coming out your ears and flies all and sorts of flies yeah. and gnats. Yeah, flies, oh, biting your eyes, flies, and um, great stories. <laughs> great. Oh, <laughs> Bricks man. for good TV. Good times. So I uh, <laughs> wish there were some great TV shows <laughs> and great movies. And I said the third time, Prince of Egypt, totally recommend. Um, go for it. Enjoy it. Love it. Um, so enjoy your reading, everybody, and God's blessings, and may the Spirit just speak to you as you read this week. Thanks so much for joining us for the Weekly Word. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate and subscribe and hit that notification bell to stay on top of new episodes. If you have any questions or have something in Scripture you'd like us to weigh in on, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at weeklyword at messiahmidland.org. That's weeklyword at messiahmidland.org.